0: The Morning Drive on FM 96.3 and AM 620. News Talk WVMT. Sometimes life really is like a rodeo. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody. Curtin Anthony here, and we are really excited to have Amy Nolan, Detective Sergeant Amy Nolan from the Vermont State Police, on the show with us this morning. Good morning, Amy.
1: Good morning.
0: And uh, before, I, before I get into... Some some news. I want to first ask you about, and this is not Vermont, but it was Pennsylvania. But I just want, as a person in the Vermont State Police, I'm sure you paid attention to what happened in Pennsylvania with uh, cavalcanti who was apprehended yesterday morning. I, I just found that to be such an amazing story about the 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 uh, heat plane that found you know found something that was alive. They didn't know for sure, and then the dog came in and basically immobilized.
2: We're you. kind of excited because it was the dog that, that
1: came me, to the rescue. Me too. I did see that this morning. I I uh, admittedly don't watch the news. Um, I feel like if, I, smart not to. if yeah, I don't right. already know about it, I I don't want to. Yeah. Um, but I saw that actually um, on social media this morning, and it was a post about the dog. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's how I did know it, about it, it. It is
0: amazing, <laughs> though, how these dogs are trained, and they go in and are able to, without you know tearing the person apart or killing them, are able to, in a lot of cases, because this guy had a rifle, and they're able to immobilize this person so that he couldn't hurt anybody else.
1: Right, right. They're I just, amazing.
0: I really find it's amazing to me.
2: Yeah, you just kind of want to. I wish. Well, I mean, they'll probably make a movie out of it. But you know, his face <laughs> comes out bloody. It's like, what did that dog do? And this guy's a resourceful guy. Okay, <laughs> we've talked about the fact he's only five feet tall. When you walk him, when you watch the video of him crab walking up the wall of that hallway of that prison,
1: yeah,
2: you assume he's six feet tall because you you know he's, yeah. he's spread like this. He's barely. He's five foot zero. He's wow, five feet tall. He's a tiny guy. Yeah. And and then he comes out, he's bloodied. You're like you just wanna see the interaction with the dog.
1: <laughs> I bet someday the like body cam footage or sometimes they even put cameras on the dogs we don't hear, but I've seen that before. So that maybe be cool. someday we'll get to.
0: <laughs> yeah. That'd now, be very cool. Now uh Amy Nolan started basically started this segment, which we have loved having on the show here for I think over three, three and a half, four years. It was, it was before early.
1: the pandemic. So it, so yeah, yeah, probably about
0: four years ago. Yeah. And it's been a great segment hearing, uh, you know, from the state police, whether it was about recruitment issues or the scuba team or whatever it may be. And Amy, you started the segment for us. And uh, I know you have a little announcement to make this morning, which I was happy for you, but <laughs> yeah, on the flip side.
1: Yeah, so this will be my, my last uh, time on with you guys because I retire next month.
0: <laughs> well, congrats. When I first read that, I know I was immediately like, "Wait, you can't retire. We can't lose you. What do you mean you're retiring?" Yeah. But of course, I totally get it. You've been there for how many years?
1: Uh, I've been with the state police just under 19, uh, but total 28 in law enforcement.
0: 28 years, and I'm sure you've seen it all in 28 years.
1: I haven't seen it all, but I've seen, seen a, a lot.
0: lot. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. W- what uh so is this a decision that you had you had set this in kind of like over the last couple of years or or just decided in the last few months that it was time? Or how'd you come to the decision?
1: Oh, it's a great question. And
0: was it a tough decision?
1: It was very tough, actually. Um, So one of the things with state police um, is if you come on with prior law enforcement, you have the option to buy into the retirement plan. Um, You know, when I first started many years ago in 2005, um, I wasn't in a financial position to buy into the retirement. So coming on with 10 years experience... I could have bought up to 10 years of time. However, um, I made the decision, I guess it was January of 2022 when I kind of finalized everything. And I bought, at that point, I bought the last 15 months of my time with the state police so I can retire as soon as I turn 50 because our minimum retirement is 20 years of service and age 50. So by buying that little bit of time into the retirement, I got to my 20 years and I turned 50 so I can go with my full retirement. So
2: uh, just real, real briefly to interject, sure. that might be one of the best as I sit here at 57 <laughs> uh, recruitment lines. It's like yeah. I can retire at 50. It's you know? amazing. And, yeah. um, and it's, it, it, the job is not an easy job. So, you know, it, I, I get it that you, you're right. ready 28 years, yeah. but it I was good I, without asking, um, thank you for giving up your age because oh. I'm like, you're way too young to retire. What the heck's <laughs> going on?
1: <laughs> yeah, so it was, it's bittersweet. Um, you know, like I said, I, I felt like also, um, you know, because I'm getting older um, and especially the job that I do as co-commander of the crime scene search team, um, the job and the hours are getting harder and harder. And I always laugh and say, I don't bounce back like I used to mm. after, you know, a 20 a hour workday on a crime scene, you know, I'm. I'm pretty much exhausted for a week. I totally hear you because I don't don't bounce back from
0: just uh, standing at home watching TV. (laughs) There's not a lot of
2: bounce.
1: There's not a lot of bounce. (laughs) Let's go to
2: the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I would like to thank you very much for your service um, and congratulate you on your retirement. Uh, I have the utmost respect for uh, first responders, uh, especially law enforcement who, Put their lives on the line for us every day and uh people need to realize this and give you guys a break and uh just like to thank you i can't thank you enough
1: thank you so uh, much enjoy your retirement thank you (laughs) thank you so much and i want to
0: invite our listening audience to call and talk to amy and uh show her some love because 28 years dedicated to law enforcement uh, i think it's i think we all do all owe you a debt of gratitude because we are Supporters of law enforcement and it's a noble profession. And uh, we know there's, I think, a minority of people that might not agree with that now, but I still believe the majority of people do understand that. But Amy, tell us, over 28 years, what changes have you seen? What are the biggest changes you've seen in law enforcement over 28 years? You must have seen some things change. A
1: lot. I would say one of the bigger ones, which is sort of um, a challenge of the profession these days, is simply the number of people that want to do this work. Um, For example, I started with Montpelier PD. Um, I graduated college in 95. I applied that fall. There were 250 applicants for one position, and I was the number two person. They gave uh, the full-time position to someone who was already a part-time police officer working there. And then right before the academy, they said, hey, we want to send you to the academy because we anticipate another opening. So I said, Sure, because if you don't give me a job, somebody else will yeah, you'll because be a graduate of the I'm academy. the academy, yeah, so a few weeks into the academy, I got the official notice that I had a job, so you know two hundred and fifty applicants in little Montpelier, Vermont for one position back then wow it's just it's very challenging, it was very competitive um you know twenty five thirty years ago um you know the applicant pool is smaller much smaller now um and i i don't know if it's uh just the work i don't know if it's the demands i don't know if it's the you know perspective of law enforcement that's changed um but definitely that's one of the things i've seen change
2: that is that you know when you said 250 i was like she just said montpelier so 250 applicants for one position in montpelier
1: correct (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah so the demand has shifted um we're going to take a quick uh two minute break and uh, the Mackenzie country classic hotlines open triple eight four one four oh three oh three give us a call. We're chatting with uh, soon to retire uh detective Sergeant Amy Nolan and I do want to talk to you because you just said you lead the crime scene investigation, so you know that's that's the the exciting one. <laughs> so we'll be back right after this, but I don't want to get a flu shot. You don't want to get the flu again. It's just a teensy little poke. Hi, guys. I know you don't like needles, so I brought Buzzy. What is that? It's a device that uses vibration and ice to help take the sting out of shots. See, hun, that wasn't
1: so bad.
2: Wait, you did it already?
1: Yep, Buzzy helps. And Kenny is the only...
2: Four o three o three. Call now, because this is The Morning
0: Drive on News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Where we are talking to continuing our discussion with Detective Sergeant Amy Nolan from the Vermont State Police. She is retiring next month. I told her she can't, but she's doing it anyway.
1: <laughs> and, uh, I sure am. <laughs> we, and we really
0: appreciate her twenty-eight years. It's and the Mackenzie Country Classic Hotline's open triple eight four one four zero three zero three. Give us a call uh, and let Amy know how appreciative you are of of the work that she's done. Um, Amy, a couple things I want to ask you. One is over the twenty-eight years. Have you seen an increasing number of women um, come into the ranks of law enforcement?
1: I think, yes. Overall, I think I have. Um, initially, uh, when I worked, like I said, for Montpelier PD, where I started, I was the only female officer there for a while. Another female came on uh, shortly thereafter. Uh, and then I went to Berry City PD uh, and did a few years there before joining the state police. And again, I was the only female there. Um, so I... At one point in Washington County, I was the only female officer in the whole county other than the troopers that were assigned to what was the Middlesex barracks at that time. So it's, it's changing now, and we're definitely seeing more women in law enforcement, which is a great thing.
0: And what, what was it, Amy, when you first decided to get into law enforcement? What was it that made you want to choose this as a career?
1: Uh, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, I started college thinking I wanted to be a teacher. Um, and so I started um, my degree, and about a year and a half in, I changed my mind. I had taken um, some – psychology was going to be my other major, and I had taken a sociology, couple sociology classes um, as electives with that and uh, just fell in love with sociology. And at the school that I went to, Trinity College in Burlington, um, it was a combined major of sociology and criminal justice. So I, I have no law enforcement in my family. I had no idea that I was going to end up here. Um but I would say the tipping point was actually um my senior year I had an amazing professor that was a retired police officer from Berkeley California and I thought hmm, hmm. maybe maybe I could do this um you know I've sort of always been a mother hen I've sort of always been I was voted most responsible in high school
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> like I've always well, there been, been as most irresponsible <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've always been the one that just Got stuff done. So yeah. um, so it just sort of happened. I started, I dispatched part-time at Winooski PD. Um, and then I worked for South Burlington PD the same summer I graduated um, on their rec path patrol. Um, so I was a civilian employee. I carried a radio and OC spray and yeah. and did a lot of, like, community policing stuff. And so it just... It really fell into place for me.
2: Well, I think that's, you know, it's funny because when I talk to people that are headed to school or at that age, I'm like, you know, leave space, leave Absolutely. some space. You don't have to make a decision at 17 or 18 and follow You don't even that know path. who you are right. At that point. And yeah. but But, you know, you know, and it seems like it's just so logical. You just, you went in thinking one thing and then you took a course and you're like, hey, that interests me. You took another course. And then right.
0: before you know it, you're like, okay. This, Before this I know seems, it,
1: I'm almost fifty yeah, and retiring next right, month. Right.
0: <laughs> so you must think yeah. how did the how did the time go by like so fast? How, where did so it go? So
1: fast. I I don't know where it went. It, it's it's amazing. If I feel like, you know, I don't know, a good song comes on the radio from the '80s, and I feel like I'm back in high school. Uh, oh yeah,
0: <laughs> I hear you on that. I oh, do man. all the time. Yeah. Again, we're talking to Vermont State Police Detective Sergeant Amy Nolan. She's retiring next month. The Mackenzie Country Classic Hotline's is open: triple eight four one four zero three zero three. And, Amy, uh, can you talk a little bit about your career? What do you, what, when, you, when you think back to the 28 years, what are some of the things that come to you? There has to be a lot of things that come to your mind when you think about, I think there were some really big stories just in the last couple of years that you were recognized for in the Capitol even.
1: Correct. Um, there have definitely been cases. You know, there's a few. Uh, and what I love about how my career uh, unfolded was, Starting with the smaller local PDs, uh, you responded to the call, you were the arresting officer, you were the investigator, you wrote the case. Um, We didn't have detectives that sort of took over. Uh, In state police, it's different where, you know, as a road trooper, you might be the first responder, you hold down the fort, you know, get the initial information, and then if it's a bigger case the detectives come in and sort of take over. So I got a lot of great experience. I did a a kidnapping case. I did an armed robbery case. I did, you know, these big cases that I wouldn't have had the opportunity to do um and then you know same thing in barry city i had some pretty big cases and so when i came to the state police um you know i got into the detective bureau within about two and a half years um and i credit that to some of the experiences that i had at at the local pd being able to do some of those bigger investigations you know so there's some of those bigger cases that stand out from you know back then and then with the state police um i was a Sex Crimes Detective or a Special Investigations Unit Detective for six years. Mm. Lots of connections and, you know, cases there that, that stand out and relationships that I still have today with folks that I worked with, families, um, things like that. I, you know, I randomly had a Facebook message probably a year or two now from someone who said, I'm sure you don't remember me, but, you know, you were the investigator on my case when I was little and, you know, someone... Yeah. He offended against me, and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, it was just so sweet that they reached out. And, you know, so it's nice to know that you make that difference because we we don't always know in the minute to minute. Sure.
2: And you just do what you can and and, and how impactful it is. Well, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. Have there been any uh, cases that are worthy of a true crime documentary, you know, on IDTV, about 45 minutes? Does uh, anything uh, come to mind?
1: Uh, there are many that come to mind, actually. <laughs> um, I I have no idea what goes into making that happen, um, but some of our cases over the years have been very complex, um, very, um, st- I don't know what word to put to it, other than they really stand out, different just
2: different. Are cases. there, um, you know, uh, it's got to be hard uh, to go in with, a, I, I would think one of the biggest challenges to g- is to go into a scene with a clear mind and not have like some kind of preconceived uh, look at it in a, in a preconceived way.
1: Right, that's a very important thing for crime scene investigators. Um, which is really great that we, um, you know, we have a specialized team to do that. You know, we come in and you know we don't care what the evidence says; we just want the truth. So, right. you know, whatever whatever the evidence tells us is it, it doesn't matter to us it, yep. if that i mean it yeah. sounds funny well, it but, has to be that way right yeah. the truth the truth you know the we let the evidence tell the story mm-hmm. and the truth of what the evidence tells us is really of little consequence to us yeah. our job is literally to put the blinders on and just process the crime
0: detective sergeant retiring at the end of next month 28 years of great service we've got another call coming in for you
2: let's go to the phones good morning you're live on the morning drive
0: Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Amy, and congratulations on your retirement. I know I've always slept a lot better at night, or even during the day, knowing the police were out there, and I totally trust their ability to handle whatever comes up. Thank you. But just a quick question. How has, you've got a long time on the force or in police work, how has crime evolved in Vermont? Has it gone from a lot of domestic calls and traffic, Stops to drugs, or have you noticed any difference in how crime is evolving in this state?
1: Thank yes,
2: you, of course. That's a great question.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think you pretty much just nailed it. Um, I would say, um, it, generally speaking, when I I've been on crime scene search team since 2007, first as a as a team member, and and then uh, worked my way up through. And um, you know, historically, many of our homicides in Vermont were domestic related. Mm-hmm. I've seen a shift in that to where most of our or the majority of our cases are now drug related. The homicides here in Vermont. It
2: just is completely shifted.
1: Completely shifted.
2: Well, they always say that when you get a domestic call, they, they used to say those are the most dangerous. And, you know, you don't you don't think that as a somebody as a civilian, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you're just getting a domestic call. But like you just said, when you started, that was
1: the number one
2: Yeah, place I mean, you're you walking saw... into
1: someone's domain right into their home oftentimes um you know they know the layout of their home they know where their you know Mm -hmm. weapons like we always were taught don't interview in a kitchen what's in the kitchen knives weapons you know yeah um so and and you're you're you know diving into someone's very personal aspects of their life and what's happening behind closed doors in their home
0: and you're in their space
1: and you're in their space so yeah domestics are Can be very dangerous. Mm
0: -hmm. Amy, just a couple minutes left. Detective Sergeant Amy Nolan, 28 years in law enforcement. She's retiring next month after serving us so well for so many years. But um, is there something that comes to mind, something that you would think of that was a story that you, at the end of it, you felt really good, like you had helped the family? I know you've done it many times, but is there one that stands out to you, like that at the end of the day, that you really know that you helped someone?
1: yeah there's uh there's a few there's one family, and this goes back to my days in Montpelier um It was a young girl who I ended up getting involved um for she was drinking underage uh she was a teenager um and so I got involved with the family and I'm still in touch with that family um Unfortunately, the young woman went on to have many struggles in her life um became addicted to drugs um and you know battled. Had great bouts of sobriety uh, in the, mixed in there, um, but she just could never beat those demons and she did overdose a few years ago um, yeah, very sad, but i 'm still uh, still in touch with her mom, and i uh, you know for years, I would see them out somewhere, and you know we would catch up and you know and they've they 've told me many times the two of them had told me many times um, you know how impactful my interaction was you know very many years ago. Um, so that 's a tough one, um, because, like I said, she succumbed to her addiction um, but uh, yeah there 's been a lot of cases where you know and like i said i 'm still in touch with either victims or their families um, because you go through that with them essentially yeah. um, you know, and that it takes a toll, but um you know some people are able to kind of separate that and just do their job and walk away, and that 's just not who I am so it does take its toll, but um it's just the yeah. kind of person I am.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> last one just br- briefly Amy his name I his name's escaping me, but it was in the, he was in the news in court just the other day, and this is a person I think that you were one of the officers that found this person in the store, he had killed his wife from New Hampshire, his wife was found in a van. Yes. What ca- Remind me of the case that was.
1: Joseph Ferlazzo. Yes. And, and Emily Jean.
0: And you ended up uh didn't you end up finding him in a store in St Albans?
1: <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. It was um a strange c- circumstance. I literally just went in for an energy drink because I knew it was going to be a long day. And I looked at him and I thought, "Wait, he looks really familiar." <laughs> and that happens to me a lot. Sure. I, I'll see a face and I'm yeah. like, "Oh, I know that face from somewhere." Oh boy. <laughs> and uh all of a sudden it clicked. And I like pulled my phone out of my pocket and looked for the press release that had come out, you know, and I'd been scouring Facebook trying to look for clues that whole morning. So, um, yeah, I talked to the person I was with, and I said, uh, that's him. <laughs>
0: that, that's, got him right here. <laughs> yes, and so you had, how did you, just real quickly, how did you, you just went up to him and said, hey, can I talk to you outside, or?
1: So, uh, he Paid for his drink, and he and he went outside, and um, the person I was with was on calling dispatch, and I said, I'm, I'm going to follow him out, and uh, we got outside, and he was walking along the front of the building, and, and I just said his name. I said, Joseph, and he didn't recognize, you know, he didn't acknowledge it, and I said it again, and then I said, State Police, can you stop for a second? I just need to talk to you, and he turned around and looked at me, and I said, Joseph, it's, it's you, right? I said, are you okay? And that was... That was it. Is that was a turning point because he, he wasn't just, okay. He right. was not okay.
2: Yeah. Were you in uniform?
1: Uh, I was in my crime scene uniform, so it's khaki pants and a green polo, and it was October, so I had on like a fleece over it. So I was not in
2: not the hat, green and, and gold, and the hat. Yeah, yeah but, I mean, <laughs> but you know, he could look and assess that you. Yeah.
0: For yeah. me, I mean, I don't know what went through your head because yeah. for me, it'd be unimaginable to think that I'm about to be speaking with a man who very well may have just committed a murder.
1: Yeah. I I honestly I didn't think about that. I just, you know, everyone had been looking for him uh and there he was. I mean, that's the one thing about law enforcement is luckily you you're not wired to take that step and take that thought. You just have to do it and yeah. you can think about it later, but I'm sure you, just you have kind of do it. <laughs>
0: deal with the best of the best and the worst of the worst at times.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: But I think
2: real real quickly, the fact instead of saying, "Halt, police," You just looked at him and said, "Are you okay yeah and then then, and then he would he break down, yeah, 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 see, I think that speaks to years of experience and compassion and the balance that you have and why why
1: and that were was so that was successful. what you know some some people thought, and I'm sure there were people out there that was like, Oh my God, that was so stupid, like no. anything could have happened, but again, I, I used my experience and, you know, I read the situation and as soon as I said, are you okay, you know, he sort of deflated and I knew he wasn't okay. And I showed him compassion because he's a human being.
0: Right. We're we over time, but this is, this is special with Amy <laughs> yeah, retiring. Let's, can we grab, grab yeah, another let's call? let's grab here. another call.
2: Good morning, you're live on the morning drive. Well, I'd like to thank Amy for her service. She's incre- an incredible woman. Are you truly going to retire at 50? It doesn't seem like you're going to be able to
1: do that <laughs> no no i'm definitely not um i'm not wired that way at all um yeah i'm just uh shifting careers i've i've been working several jobs for the past few years sort of gearing up and and lining things up uh so i got into ems and i'm an aemt and i just applied for a full-time position with the agency i work per diem for i teach a couple um i teach classes at a couple different colleges yeah, no, I'm not going to retire. <laughs> not going to quite
0: ride off into the sunset. Right. But not Amy, <laughs> as we conclude, um, will there be tears, do you think, on your last day on, on the yeah, job? And uh, for sure. any last comments or thoughts, reflections as you close down a 28-year career in law enforcement?
1: Yeah, just um, at the end of the day, um, you know, I would love for everyone to just remember that police officers are also human beings. We make mistakes. We make terrible decisions sometimes. Um and I understand that when that trust is broken, that's a very big deal. But when one police officer makes a mistake or just is not a good person, right? Because there's good and bad everywhere. Um, don't label everybody. Don't hold that against us all. And just, you know, just remember we we struggle too sometimes.
0: The people that don't like a bad officer, bad police officer, are, uh, that's are all the other More good, than, <laughs> all the other massive number of good else. police officers. Right. Detective Sergeant Amy Nolan, thank you for being on the show and putting and, and helping to put together these segments for all these last number of years and we wish you all the best in thank your you. in your in your new life leaving the police department and thank you so much for all you've done for us.